This morning, I'd like to start by asking these questions. Have you ever experienced an inner battle or a struggle as a believer between what God says and your human desires? Why do you find certain things tempting even when we know they are not right or harmful to us or to those we care about so much? What are things that keep distracting you or tempting you from the Lord? How are they affecting your spiritual health and your life? How are you dealing with those temptations? This morning we are, going, we are continuing our sermon series, God Direct, God's Wisdom, God's Way. And I'm going to look at the first topic, persistence and resilience. Today's scripture passage is Proverbs 5, verses 1 through 14. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Turn your ear to my words of insight, that you may maintain this discretion and your lips may preserve knowledge. For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as a gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. She gives no thought to the way of life. Her path wanders aimlessly, but she does not know it. Now then, my son, listen to me. Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of a house, lest you lose your honor to others and your dignity to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on you, your wealth, and your toil enrich the house of another. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. You will say, how I hated discipline, how my heart spurned corrections. I would not obey my teachers or turn my ear to my instructors. And I was soon in serious trouble in the assembly of God's people. The word of the Lord. The book of the Proverbs offers great wisdom and insight into living a righteous life for people of all ages and genders. But it was originally written for young men, as you may remember. So the author presents the distractions of an adulterous woman here for young people to be able to understand better about dangers of yielding to temptation. And it's not meant to suggest that women are more problematic than men at all. This passage 
cautions against the allure of adultery, showing the seductive nature of temptation, and warns of the bitter consequences that follow such actions, leading to regret and despair. Verse 3 says, For the lips of the adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. While it warns of the seductive words of an adulterous woman, there is no specific description of her speech in chapter 5. But we can find an example of seductive words of an adulterous woman in chapter 7. It provides a detailed narrative that illustrates seduction and enticing words that can lead a person astray. Let's see how her speech drips honey and is smoother than oil. She is talking to a woman. She is talking to a young man. Proverbs 7, 14 to 20. Today, I fulfilled my vows, and I have food from my fellowship offerings at home. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home till full moon. From this scripture passage, you can see how people fall into temptation. There is one interesting point here. She mentioned she had food from her fellowship offering at home. That means that she made a fellowship offering at the temple before. As you may know, it was an offering made to God as an expression of gratitude, thanksgiving, and devotion for peace and fellowship between God and the Israelite. They would bring animals to the altar as an offering to God and share the remaining portions as a communal meal together. It was about reconciliation, celebration, and joy in the communion with God and His people. Let's look at verse 14 again. Today, I fulfilled my vows, and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. She prayed and sacrificed to God at the temple as an act of worship and devotion to God and brought food from her fellowship offering to her home. Now she is using the food as a means of tempting a young man into adultery, driven by her lust. You may wonder how she could dare to do such a thing 
Isn't it really shocking? There is a stark contradiction between her public professional faith and her private, private conduct. It is conceivable that she thought this way. I have performed religious observances today, and perhaps that is enough to maintain my identity as an Israelite through my ritualistic actions. So no more actions are necessary in my daily life. Now I can forget about what I did before God at the temple and return to my personal life to pursue what I desire. I can always seek repentance. I can always seek repentance through future ritualistic actions, hoping that God may be appeased and still bless me. I believe that you all can see what is wrong with her convictions. But doesn't it sound familiar? Unfortunately, this kind of lifestyle is quite common for Christians today. Many of them go to church on Sunday, considering it as a religious duty as a Christian, and think it would be still be kind of enough to maintain the relationship with God. They don't want to think or do more than that for this reason. As they go back to their daily lives, they, began, they begin to focus on pursuing what they desire, putting aside what they did and experienced at church. Their focus shifts from what God wants to what they want as they are going back home after worshiping God. There is a disconnect between their public professional faith and their private lives. Does your life, daily life align with your professional faith? Let's look at verses 15 through 18 again. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Now the alluring fragrances, captivating visuals, and physical arousers intensifies, deepening the hold of lust within our heart. At this point, applying the brakes and saying no becomes nearly impossible. In Genesis 3, Eve was caught deeper in temptation. Verse 6 says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food 
and pleasing to the eyes, eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. You need to remember that the fruit of the tree itself was not the issue. The problem lay in Eve's perception and desire driven by greed and a rebellious mindset. So the alluring fragrances, captivating visuals and physical arousers themselves are not the issue. The real problem is in people's greedy and lustful heart. James explains it this way. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, which is full-grown, gives birth to death. You will face no consequences This is the last stage of temptation. And it it involves the assurance that there will be no real consequences for people's actions. Let's look at verses 19 to 20 again. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took his birth Fill with, with money and will not be home till full moon. What she's essentially saying is, no one will ever know and there will be no trouble. This situation reminds us of the temptation in Genesis 3, where the serpent tells Eve, You will not certainly die. You will not certainly die. Implying there will be no consequences for Eve in taking of the fruit from the tree. She failed to resist this last stage of temptation and took it. This is not a mere ancient story that happened a long time ago and is unrelated to us. Rather, it is an ongoing reality even today and until the last day. The same Satan employs the same scheme and people are consistently tempted by this same pattern. Sin often carries an initial allure, but it it conceals its destructive consequences, much like a skilled fisherman baiting a hook. Anything contrary to God's words and will, despite offering temporary pleasure and prosperity, 
leads to regret, loss, and ultimately eternal separation from God. There will be consequences. This world is filled with countless distractions and temptations. We are constantly bombarded every day with worldly influences like images and messages that stimulate our sinful lust and greed. They constantly tempt us away from the path of righteousness. So staying faithful and true to our commitment to God can often feel like a daunting task. First Peter chapter 5, 8 to 9. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. How can we defend ourselves against the many temptations and continue our spiritual journey toward the kingdom of God? Firstly, examine your heart. If the adulterous woman truly loved her husband, she would not have looked around and tempted the young man. If she truly loved the Lord, her focus, her focus would not have shifted from what God wanted to what she desired and committed sin. If your daily life does not align with your professional faith, in other words, if you are already tempted or if you feel tempted, humbly take a moment to reflect on your heart for the Lord and your relationship with God. Ask Him for help. The Lord will show you where you are at and guide you away from temptation that distance you from Him and draw you closer to himself. Secondly, stay away from temptation. One of the best ways to defend against giving in to temptation is to immediately flee at the first suggestion. Joseph is a great example of someone who successfully prevented temptation from turning into sin. Despite, despite facing strong sexual temptation, he refused to allow it to take root. Joseph made use of the physical strength and promptly removed himself from the situation. Instead of lingering in a potentially dangerous environment 
and attempting to engage in discussions, reasoning, justifications, or explanations that might weaken his resolve, Joseph took decisive action by leaving. His response to temptation honored God and prevented it from becoming sin. It worth no, it's worth noting that had Joseph chosen to remain and rely on his own strength to resist temptation, it could have easily escalated into sin. Thirdly, clothe, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 13, 14. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. In the wilderness, Jesus faced a series of temptations by the devil. He overcame temptation by relying on the words of God and trust in his Father. In his response to every temptation, he quoted scripture. His victory over the temptations shows us a model of steadfastness and reliance on the word of God that we should follow. And Jesus knows our weakness and limit. When you feel overwhelmed by temptation, remember this promise that he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I had a chance to learn about genetic disorder called CIPA from a medical movie, which stands for congenital insensitivity to pain with anhydrosis. People with CIPA are born with a lack of sensitivity to pain, heat, and cold. That means they may not realize when they are injured or have medical conditions that requires immediate attention, such as abnormalities with the heart. So they are prone to frequent injuries, including cuts, burns, and bruises. And these injuries can go unnoticed and may lead to serious complications. Their life is extremely challenging. After learning about CIPA, my perspective on pain changed. Nobody likes pain. But if I couldn't feel pain when something was wrong with my body. It could go unnoticed, leading to more serious situations 
or even loss of life. Pain, when something goes wrong in my body, is a warning that there is an issue and provides an opportunity for healing. Pain helps us maintain our healthy body. That day, I was thankful to God for allowing me to feel pain. God's discipline may be like that. It can come with difficulties and pain because human beings are naturally too stubborn. But it's his caring touch to let us know when something goes wrong with our spiritual health, when we are drifting away from him, when we are focusing on our own desires, or when he wants to reveal our weakness in some area of our lives for us to grow in that area. His discipline is his spiritual healing touch, expression of his love and care for his children. If there was no discipline from the Lord, our spiritual health would face serious challenges as CIPA patients face serious challenges with their physical health. During Thanksgiving season, we would usually like to ask this question. We did this morning too. What are you thankful for? People are usually thankful for family, friends, food, good health, homes, or, or great weather. Of course, these are great blessings from the Lord, and we are truly thankful for them. However, we should still remember that everything, everything He does for us, including all kinds of discipline, accompanied with difficulties and pain, is a great blessing to continue to draw us back to himself, to keep us healthy spiritually, and grow us more like Jesus Christ. It is Thanksgiving weekend, and I'd like to encourage you to make today a very special day by expressing true thankfulness for everything God has done for you and for his unchanging love for you and give him glory. Let's pray. We thank you for your words and the guidance for our lives. Please empower us to persist in our faith and to resist temptation. Fill us with your spirit and help us follow in the footsteps of Jesus. 
May your love and grace be our constant companions on this journey of faith with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.